Well, a massive hello and welcome back to The Daily Brew, the devotional where every day we drink a new brew of coffee and we see what God is brewing for us in the Bible. Yes, it's cheesy, but it's true. And you join me here in Auckland, New Zealand, as we continue on with our Bible reading journey day 223 of 365 days of Bible reading. It is so good to have you here with me again for another day. Looking forward to getting into new scripture and, well, not new brews, but new brewing method. So looking forward to getting into that very shortly. Let's talk scriptures, though. Let's have a look at what we're reading today. As always, they're in the description on every single platform. Psalm 94, verse 12 to 23. 2 Corinthians, chapter 7, verse 1 to 16. And a new book, Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, verse 1 to chapter 3, verse 22. Looking forward to getting into that new book as well, the book of Ecclesiastes. Looking forward to getting into that very shortly. Before we go any further, though, into the Bible, let's talk brews. And today, we're going to take Miller's Espresso and run it through a Chemex. Now, I know what you're thinking. It is an espresso bean roasted for the espresso machine. So why do you do it on filter? Well, two reasons. Number one, we have to find 365 days worth of coffee and tea. Second of all, I like to see if the beans can be used for filter and if we get any different flavors out of it. Also makes me respect the espresso a lot more by having it in the different ways of brewing. So we will try this in a plunger as well. Probably not tomorrow because it's a Super 7 store-bought can or coffee, but maybe on Sunday we'll give it another whirl uh, on the plunger. Today, though, we have got it in Chemex, and I'm looking forward to giving it a try. Can I be honest? The last couple of weeks being away from home and being away from New Zealand, the coffee that I did have in the UK, barring one or two places... I've missed good New Zealand coffee, and I missed all of my equipment. It's so nice to be back home having this coffee. So let's give this a try today in the Chemex version. It's very hot. Let's give it a go. Okay. Straight away, what you notice is that it's very watery. And I don't know if that's to do with the fact that the bean's not, uh, like, roasted for a Chemex-type cup. But because it's watery, you do get quite a nice sweetness through the coffee. Now, it's not strong in terms of the body of the of the feel, but it is nice and smooth. So it gives you this lovely, sweet, high end. In terms of a Chemex, I'm not going to rate it very high, but in terms of flavor, I love the flavor that's in this coffee. So I'm going to give this maybe, yeah, maybe this is the 6.8 version. Not the 7.4, but the 6.8 version. It's okay, I wouldn't go out of my way to have this as a Chemex on the daily because it is obviously an espresso bean, so I'm not surprised that it doesn't have the fullness of that body like I was expecting it to. Still good though, uh, but not really up there when it comes to the flavour, uh, sorry, the, the fullness of the body that you expect in your coffee. That is it though for the brews. Uh, what am I trying to say? I guess I'm trying to say it's better as an espresso. Go figure, uh, which I probably could have said before I even tried it. But there you go. Lovely sweetness on the coffee and better as an espresso. Let's get into the Bible, though, the reason that we are here for today. Our psalmist today knows what it's like to face anxiety, but not just anxious thoughts. He, he calls it this great anxiety. If you're someone who struggles with anxiety today, I want to encourage you to read what the psalmist writes and see how God delivers and provides for him. The psalmist calls on God for help. And in God, they find God as their fortress, their rock, and their refuge in Him. This is what we find in God. We find our fortress. And the fortress speaks of safety and provision. We find our rock. 
In him, we find safety. Sorry, we find our strength and consistency. He's our refuge. He's our rest and our peace. When we find God as these things, we find him through prayer and taking time in a devotional time to sit in the presence of God and rest. That's how we're going to find him practically. Because sometimes we read these Psalms and we go, that's lovely ethereally, but what do we do practically to find that? And to be honest, it takes a lot of discipline to sit with God and to place these cares and these troubles at his feet. And we find that through that disciplined time of sitting and being with God. We're going to have to still face earthly obstacles that, that can sometimes cause anxiety. However, when we do them with God, we're not facing them alone. In our passage in 2 Corinthians, we see how Paul shows us how we can find peace. And he really digs deep into marriage, singleness, and separation. He also faces the question around sex. Is it good and is it okay to have sex? Paul's answer is 100% a yes, but only within the boundaries of appropriate contexts. Let's have a look at one of the biggest questions today that Paul answers in the text that we read. What does God want for marriage? We see that Paul says it's good for man to have a wife and for a woman to have a husband. We know that throughout scripture, God is pro-marriage. Marriage between one man and one woman as a covenant commitment with God and in front of people is God's idea. It's God's idea. It's a commitment and a covenant carried out through life. And that is what God blesses in and through marriage. We know that throughout scripture, there's also three key things that God wants for marriage. Number one is partnership. You can read about it in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. The second thing is procreation. You can read about it in Genesis 1, chapter 28. And the third thing, and this is the thing that most people love, it's the pleasure. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 to 5 is a great place to camp on the idea around pleasure. But God also has a special call and special plan for singleness. Paul makes it clear that marriage is beneficial because there's so much sexual immorality surrounding the church in Corinth. I think it's the same today. Within the context of marriage, we see that sexual desire can be handled through providing a sexually and fulfilling sex life in the covenant of marriage. You have to understand that the church in Corinth were making the argument that marriage is bad because of sexual immorality. There's a possibility here that people may have been getting married for sex and then going for divorce and getting married for sex and going for divorce. That's clearly, throughout Scripture, not what marriage is for. However, there are benefits for avoiding sexual temptation if someone gets married. As long as we're clear, God's will is not pleasure alone. However, there is a clear emphasis that God knows what he's up to, and a healthy sex life within marriage is so important. He designed it that way, to keep marriages together and to keep us out of sexual sin. So if you're married, what's the Bible saying? Have lots of sex. It's okay. It's good. And it's helpful. If you're not married yet, stop it. Don't do it. Wait. Get married. Okay? But if you're in marriage, go hard. Okay? Let's move on before it gets too awkward for some people. It is time for a new book today, and we're reading the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, who wrote the book is up for debate. There are some who believe that Solomon wrote it due to some of the scriptures that suggest it is him. But there are also others who suggest that someone else wrote it after Solomon's death as more of a commentary on Solomon's wisdom and Solomon's uh, falling away from obedience to the Lord at the end of his life. Now, with that in mind, Jewish and Christian traditions hold that the author was Solomon. Written around 935 BC at the end of Solomon's reign, as his reign was around uh, from 970 BC to 930 BC. The name Ecclesiastes in Hebrew means preacher. 
We see the book of Ecclesiastes as a commentary on Solomon as the preacher. The purpose for the author is to reveal that everything under the sun by itself, apart from God, is vain and empty, and that only true good comes from doing all we do with the consciousness of God's eternal goodness. The author puts a contrast between the sorrow of life lived without God versus a life that's lived with him, proved from the perspective of the preacher's life and observations. Finally, the author is going to show us that the fullness of life is a gift from God and is not the result of man striving or working for it. With this context, read the book of Ecclesiastes with the mindset of the reality that God is the beginning, the middle, and the end. And a life lived with God in the beginning, the middle, and the end is better than a life lived without. If Jesus is the beginning of all in Proverbs, he's the end of all in the book of Ecclesiastes. This book is the record, sorry, of all human thinking and natural religion have ever been able to discover concerning the meaning and the goal of life. You should view the arguments in the book of Ecclesiastes not as God's thoughts for humanity, but rather humanity's thoughts for themselves. They're the arguments put up by people to God. Ecclesiastes is a fascinating book, confusing at first, but when you read it with proper context, you see beyond the text and into the layers of the scripture. So read it, but read it very carefully. Three. Verse of the day. Verse of the day today is Ecclesiastes 3.1, and it says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Everything has a season. In Christian vocabulary, we use the word season as a picture of a period of time. When we see this being used here, we see that everything in life has a selected period of time for being. Everything has its time. And that's why it's really important to stay tuned to God and into the rhythm of heaven so that you don't miss the timing that God has for you. And that is it for The Daily Brew today. Thank you so much for joining me. Day 223 of 365 days of Bible reading. I pray that God is speaking to you and revealing things to you as you go on this journey. If you joined us today for the first time, make sure you go back to day number one and get into the Bible from Genesis all the way through to Revelation because we're covering the whole Bible in a year and there's a grand story at play that we want to see as well as the individual things that God has for us every single day. I pray that this is strengthening your devotional disciplines and that you're getting hungry for more of God and more of the Word. I love reading the Bible every day. It stirs me up and keeps my faith nice and strong. Hey, no matter where you are around the world, thank you so much for joining me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you've taken a moment and already followed and rated the podcast, and if you're on YouTube, thank you for checking us out and subscribing to the channel so that you never miss a devotional upload. Also, all of those things help us promote this for free because this is a free Bible reading devotional and we put zero dollars into marketing because it costs zero dollars so word of mouth is the best way and the algorithms are the best way to promote this for free speaking of word of mouth feel free to share this on your social media tag me in it i'll repost it it'll be fantastic to get this out into your circle of influence and get more people engaging with scripture hey that is it though for today if it's the start of your day have a great rest of your day unless it's sleep time good night sleep tight and we'll see you back here tomorrow for another day of the daily brew